I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You are the kids, the gods, and the legends. He is Jay King. From The Athletic, he is Brian B. Rob from MassLive.com. I am Sam Jam Packard, and together we are Still Potable! Coming to you live, this is the Monday free episode you are listening to. For the rest of the week, we'll be on Patreon.com slash Still Potable. We are a daily Celtics podcast, so if you like what you are hearing, please go subscribe. If you want to be a kid for just $5 a month, you can get two more episodes per week. If you want to be a god, you can get every single episode Monday through Friday. And if you want to be a legend, you can join the show and basically be here recording with us. Those are all of our options. Fellas, one week down, I think uh, we've done amazing here at Still Potable. The Celtics, I would say matching our energy, have done uh, pretty well in their first week with two wins. Uh, first over the Knicks in New York on opening night and then winning the home opener against the Heat. I think it's a fine opportunity for us to break out a little case of the potable six-pack. B-Rob, your first opportunity to join us in a potable six-pack where we'll be drafting the sixth most interesting, most amusing, most just things that stood out to us about the first week of Celtics basketball. I have no idea how to start a who the order. Does anyone have any strong feelings about who wants to go first? We now have three people in the potable six pack. This is new. This is it's, new. It's, this it's is wild stuff. B Rob, how do you feel to be entering your first potable six pack? Are you do you have butterflies? I mean, it's an honor. I mean, I have butterflies too now because as you just pointed out, I only get you have two chances here. You better bring it. If you know, when you have when, with a six pack with three people, I mean, with two people, you got three chances here. With just two now, it's uh, it's a lot of pressure here. Well, B Rob, we'll let you get first pick, so you can either go <laughs> first pick and then final pick. You could go in the middle, or you can get that rebound snake uh, three four pick. So we'll let you pick the order. Ooh. Let me go. I'm gonna go second. It's gonna be two five. All right. I haven't thought of anything yet. So Jay, you're up first. Derek White's chase down block. You can't top that. that. Nothing from the first week topped. Derek White twice chasing down Jimmy Butler for a chase down block. It was magical. It was magical. rare. There aren't many point guards who can do that. And Derek White is just probably the best shot blocker pound for pound athleticism for athleticism in the entire <laughs> league. So 
We're going with Derek White's chase down blocks. His his game against Miami was awesome. And kind of just a reminder that, yes, they cleared a path for Derek White to be part of the closing line. And that could be a very good thing for the Boston Celtics. Has he been the second best player in the team so far? Through two games? Ooh, Would you guys I say? love that question. I love, I love the power <laughs> rankings after two games. I, I mean, we're going to do a depth chart later. I, we haven't... We'll figure out what day of the week we're going to do that, but that is going to that's going to be a regular feature. Got to have the B-Rob. I'm throwing it out now. The uh, has he been the second? Probably. Just I don't know. Chris Chris Stops was incredible in Game One. Bam kind of took it to him a little bit in Game Two, although he still did. Chris Stops still did a lot of things to help the Celtics. Yeah, maybe Derek White. I I don't know. They have a lot of good players. It's it's not an easy choice. Their top take. six is pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty See, this is this is where you messed up, Jay. You focused too much in on the chase down blocks where you could have just taken the totality of Derek White because I think it's just him having the ball in his hands at the end of the fourth quarter in both the Knicks and the Heat game is just going to be pretty important for the Celtics. We saw just like some two-man action with Tatum and uh, White as well down the stretch of that Miami game. But him becoming the point guard and him becoming – uh, kind of a go-to guy, an aggressive shooter uh, in those situations, I think is just going to be super important for the Celtics just so not everything falls on Jason Tatum's hands in the closing minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's huge for them to have, especially after losing Marcus Smart. And Drew Holiday can do some of it too. Uh, just someone who can orchestrate the offense in those moments. Um, because Kristaps is like, He's going to help things in those moments, but he's not going to be the guy initiating the offense. He's not going to be the the creator for people. So putting the ball in Derek White's hands can be a, a very good thing sometimes, especially when the matchups dictate that. We've talked about this a lot, but it's going to be really hard to have def- good defenders on every good Celtics player, like probably pretty impossible for most lineups. So Derek White could be the beneficiary of that and uh i i still think i i did right picking just the chase down blocks <laughs> because those were the most memorable part and it allowed us to talk about everything else he's done too so uh shout out to me pat myself <laughs> on the back i disagree with backard as usual seems like you're just disagreeing to disagree there but we'll move on b-rob your first pick your first ever potable six-pack pick what are you going with number two? I'm going with crunch time offense. And I think, I mean, you touched on a little bit there, Packard, with White being more involved here. But when you talk about things starting this season as well as possible for the Celtics, having them have like two convincingly like solid performances in crunch time. And the Knicks was like a tremendous performance <laughs> in crunch time to last. Coming down from six on the road with four minutes left in the game. Um, and then obviously against the Heat, the Heat made a little bit of run in there, but they were able to hold them off um, quite nicely in those games. And those are, to be honest, like when they went down by six in that next game, I'm like, this is done. Like they're they're probably going to lose this game. This is a game that more often than not last season, they would, you know, just kind of fall apart at, at that stage of the game. So the fact that offensively they're executing well at these points, defensively, I think, They've been solid, communicated there, not a lot of breakdowns at these point in the games. And so 
uh, you put those factors together and with the question marks we had about this team going into the year, I mean, it's just two games, boys, but pretty good start in that area. So I don't want to be super argumentative tonight. Also, with that being said, <laughs> here's why you're an asshole and you're wrong. No, they were 24 <laughs> and 13 in crunch time games last year. They, I, I, I know they, that number. That's a fake number, Jay. That's a fake number. Like a lot of those no, that, crunch that's time moments. Like, like that's, that's real. And granted, they were ahead in some of those games, but that's like the real yeah. number. When, when you're up by 15 and a team cuts it to five late and you get a quad, a win because it's a crunch time in the last three, like, I haven't looked that up, but I think it was a lot. Of, a lot of those wins were a lot of like those type of games in my mind. When it had, when you looked at the games that were like tied down the stretch or coming down from th- th- two or four down the stretch, I don't think they had. I think they were closer to like a 500 team realistically last. Year. I mean, I'll have to. This is me totally based on feel here, but I think it was. I think there were paper tigers in the crunch time front last year. I test. I as the neutral party in this dispute, I'm going to have to rule on the side of B Rob because he said he knows ball and he has the eye test, <laughs> and Jay's being a nerd and relying on the numbers. And I feel like in this instance, we're going to have to go with knowing ball instead of being a nerd. <laughs> anyway, I do think the closing lineup the Celtics have now should be much better than it was last year with Derek White, with Drew Holiday, with Kristaps Porzingis. Like, Kristaps should solve a lot of problems for them. And he wasn't even in the last three minutes, 18 seconds of Miami game because he fouled out. But he's just going to make things so easy. In the New York game, you know, t- they doubled Tatum, left Kristaps open. He spotted up like seven feet behind the arc and just canned a three. And the ease with which he shoots, the difficulty that he – the diff- how difficult it is to close out on him. Like, Kristaps Porzingis just changes a lot of things for them, I think, in, in that closing lineup. So I agree they should be better. I'm just not ready to say after two games of, like, they didn't have much crunch time against Miami. That wasn't, like, a super close game. Also, the process against Miami, like, they weren't doubling Tatum as much, and so I think they're doing a lot more switching. It's not like they had a, amazing possessions. I think they knocked down some difficult shots, like that white pull-up three. Um, I think Jalen went one-on-one a couple of times. I don't think there's, like, amazing kind of process offense. I Like, you got to give them credit for, like, we, we talked a lot before the season, like, how are they going to respond to kind of adverse situations? And obviously making up six against the Knicks. And then they dealt with like the heat going on a couple runs to tie the game. I think they responded well, but it wasn't like uh, they were the Harlem Globetrotters out there in each of those clutch time situations. So, I mean, this isn't a beautiful game offense here. Like what's like this, this offense has a long, a lot of work to do, but it also didn't crumble. And I think that's progress. So that's, 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 that's my pick. But yeah, there's clearly a lot of work to be done. And I guess it's just a more reflective, like everyone kind of contributed over those two games combined when you look across the board. And that's, I think, a, a nice change of pace for the team compared to a predictable um, closing lineup or closing options while last year. That is fair. All right, let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor, FanDuel. Score early this NFL season of FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about fan, joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You can do spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Massachusetts 21 and present. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Played smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. My pick. I'm shocked this fell to me. Um, obvious number one, obvious first-round pick. Jason Tatum added 12 pounds in the offseason, and he's going to make it known. How he- could we not know that that was coming <laughs> from Packers? He says this every five minutes. But it's, like, noticeable in terms of just, like, how he's playing basketball. Anytime Quentin Grimes is on him, he's going through his chest and going to the rim. Jaime, Jaime Jaquez kind of dealt with the same thing. It feels like it's – I was talking uh, to my buddy Caleb today about this. Is like, uh, did they need Sam Cassell to just, like, let Jason Tatum know that, like, the post game was an available option to him? Like, it is kind of funny to me. It's like now he's just suddenly attacking and being – that much more aggressive in the post. Maybe it's the addition of the 12 pounds. He feels a lot more comfortable, but that's been something that's very noticeable to me in the first two games. Is like in a cross match, in a transition situation, Jason Tatum is looking to post smaller guys up and beat them to the rim and is having tremendous success while doing it. I could be wrong, but I think part of that is just Joe Mazzula's willingness to, to throw it in the post too. Jason, he was very good when he got the chance in the post last year. He's always had post moves, even though he's never been this strong before. But, like, I think going through the playoffs last year as a head coach sort of taught Joe it's not always about getting layups in threes. Sometimes you have to find a way to slow the game down and get a bucket and get rid of some of the variance that comes with creating so many three-pointers. And posting up is one of those ways. And you can get – draw free throws. You can, you know, get – get to six feet and get a bucket. And I think there were a couple of games in the playoffs when I'm, I'm thinking of game two, especially when, when Jimmy Butler hit them with like three straight post-ups and, and helped the heat win that game while the Celtics kept launching threes that were pretty good looks, but they missed them all. And if they had just gotten a couple looks from down low in that sequence, then maybe that whole game flips on its head. Um, so I think part of it, too, is is just the way Joe is looking at this is about more than the numbers. And I think a, a lot of his coaching last year was dictated by, will this boost our efficiency? Will this be the best, like, shot by the numbers that we can get? And in the playoffs, like, as he said, that shit goes out the window. and And sometimes you need to just be a bully. And I, so I think, like right now, I don't love all the decisions Tatum is making from the post. I think he should probably pass out of there more often. Um, but I do think adding that to the Celtics repertoire and making that a bigger part of what they do is going to be a huge change for them when it matters. 
36% of Tatum's shot attempts through two games have become within three feet. His career is 24% in that area. Small sample size alert, but using those muscles, like getting the post to make the drop step get in a close range there. But I agree with Chechu. Like he's he's also had some bad turnovers and like is questionable shots from that front. But that's it's a I think a good sign that he's doing just, it there. It's not even just the like that he's posting up. It's like the way he's posting up is trying to yeah. go through yeah. some of these smaller guys. It's like he's, just, just, he's like, just diesel. He's like like just just trying to bully people, just plow them. And it's like certain matchups where it's like automatically, I know grimy, like you're not stopping this. Jaime Hakez was much bigger in person than uh, I was anticipating. Uh, but Jason Tatum seemed to have no problem kind of go right through him. And I think the offense and the spacing obviously makes it a lot easier for him because he's just – there's going to be less help defense. But, um, yeah, the 12 pounds of muscle, kind of an obvious, obvious takeaway. You two should have taken that while with your first picks, but you're not as good at this game as I am. Um, <laughs> second round. First pick, Jam Packard on the board. Multiple places I could go here. You know, I'm a dynamic thinker, but I'm going to go with um, Chris Tapps, Porzingis. I'm the- a dynamic thinker. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to pause and and note that Packard said that about himself. Yeah, I think many people had noticed that. I just was able to put it into words for them. Um, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, just the defensive experience in general, because this I think is a, both a positive. And then uh, I think there's like if there maybe a negative or some cause for concerns. Obviously, he did a lot at the rim uh, against the Knicks. He had some nice blocks against the Heat as well. He's a clear, very good rim protector, but it totally changes kind of the style and way they're playing defense. And there's a number of possessions, especially when the Heat kind of climbed back into that game where they were just taking advantage of Chris Tapps Porzingis being in a drop basically having Bam set screens. Tyler Hero got a number of just open threes coming off screens that way. I think Duncan Robinson got some uh, threes that way. Then Chris Tapps also got in some foul trouble with, I think, some lazier play in transition. But it definitely having him on the court creates this point of attack. Definitely not at the rim because he's shown he's good there. But there's just a, a way for if you have someone like Hero on your team or someone who can just come around a screen and knock down a shot, it's just a way for teams to attack the Celtics that seemed pretty open, at least in that heat game on Friday night. Yeah, this is going to be a huge storyline to watch all year against those type of teams, and particularly in the playoffs, first and foremost, because that's where teams are going to attack it relentlessly when he's out there. So, yeah, we've seen some good. We've seen some bad. How much he adjusts, how much the ways the Celtics as a team and Porzingis himself find a way to kind of cover those areas and get better there over the course of the regular season is going to be an interesting subplot. But um, there's without a doubt, that's like as big of an X factor as anything right now, like from a playoff standpoint of this team. I thought him fouling out actually kind of helped the Celtics defense down the stretch, like then bringing in, bringing in Horford. It just wasn't as obvious as a place that he could try to attack. And so I'm curious about how that kind of, this Missoula approaches that down the stretch. Cause I think Horford out there is probably makes them, I guess in some matchups, a better defensive lineup of being able to just switch more. But Jay, what did you, what do you think of like, how big of an issue is it? Uh, Chris Tapps playing drop coverage and how much of a weakness is that that teams can exploit? I don't think it's that big a, a weakness. He's, he's shown the ability to be flexible. Um, the, the bigger piece for me in the second game 
was that Bam was able to use his physicality to put Chris Stapps in some tough places. And that's where the Celtics will need to kind of figure out how to use Chris Stapps. Like, it, it could be just you put Jason Tatum on Bam Adebayo and, and you live with whatever post-up Bam gets and you have Chris Stapps play whoever the worst guy is. And, and so I just think they're going to have to figure out how to utilize him best. Like last year in, in Washington, they used him a lot on the least threatening perimeter guy and just had him roam off sort of in the old Robert Williams role that the Celtics used. So maybe he's not the guy to, to be the, the primary defender on a Bam Adebayo. And so, but I, I just think that's something that they're going to figure out, like sort of how to how to tailor things to his strengths and i think he he has a ton of strengths like he's super mobile for a seven foot three dude he's had some plays where he's switched they've switched him sometimes in some key possessions and he's he's looked okay in those um one against jalen brunson where brunson Got a layup attempt, but it was kind of a tough attempt because Porzingis impacted it a little bit and he missed it. So I don't. I, I, I'm more. I'm more optimistic about the first two games of Kristaps Porzingis's defense than pessimistic because, like his gifts and what he does well, he's very very good at that. And you just have to figure out how to to build around that. And I think something that that they'll find it's pretty easy to build around especially when you have Derek White and you have Drew Holiday like two guys who are as good as anybody at just avoiding screens and catching up to guys and and impacting shots from behind the play and stuff like that so I, I'm I honestly think their defense to me has been like just awesome and I, I I don't think it's been tactically perfect all the time they're allowing like 46 percent three-point shooting that will go down. That's probably a little bit unlucky in some ways, but I just, the purpose that they've played with and the amount of options that they've shown they, they have is just really impressive to me. And I don't think they had really this mindset and the, the sort of like ability to really disrupt an opposing team for most of last season. And I think they have that now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'll take care. We going number five here? Yes, yeah, sir. All right. I was going to go Porzingis, 
Packard, you stole from me. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Jalen Brown offensive fit. If you will here, I think that's like, might have fit just the adjustment period for him of being a clear cut number two option last year, taking over 20 shots per game to now with the big contract with Porzingis and Drew Holiday and the starting five next to him, like him, a finding his spots and b timing out those spots. I feel like where last year it was clear cut in a lot of these games that the team needed him, wanted him to take 20 shots per game. And now we saw, we've seen both sides of it. We saw in New York, I think where he kind of forced things a little too much at times. Um, but then we also saw the best of him against Miami, a team that he always, I feel like Eastern was at least in the regular season and still being able to get to the rim and be a tough shot maker and really carrying them next to Derek White in a lot of the second half of that game. So I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's a team wide thing offensively with that group with the new starting five, but that's one that I'm very curious about to see how that kind of falls into place, how, how much those shot attempts per night fluctuates, how much he is willing to defer on nights where he might not have, or just might not have the best matchup. Um, so that's just a little area I'm going to be watching closely. And it probably helps that he just signed a $306 million contract. Right. <laughs> like if, if it was this year that he was up for a possible contract extension and he needed to make all NBA to qualify for that. It could be a totally different vibe um, just because then it's screwing with your money and it's, it's probably tougher to fit in, in, in that regard. I thought it's funny because the New York game, he threw the two terrible turnovers late and one of them was just an awful pass to Jalen Brunson. The other was like just a careless inbounds pass when he and Jason Tatum both acted like, why would anybody be full court pressing right now? <laughs> like, like, guys, it's the fourth quarter. Maybe, maybe be sure about this. Um, but I just thought that game, I was so impressed by the fact that he only had, what was it, 11 shots that game? And he wasn't forcing shots. And he was making the extra pass. And that, to me, is the important part. For, forget the other stuff. It's like all that other stuff will come. It will, he'll he'll get his shot attempts. He'll get his uh, chances. He'll figure all that stuff out. As long as he's willing to have nine shots in the game and still make the extra pass, that's the most important part. And I thought he showed that in the New York game. And obviously, it's it's game one of eighty two, and maybe that changes if you know we get through half a season and Jalen is fourth on the team in shot attempts or third on the team in shot attempts, which I don't think he will be. But I, I I actually came away from that New York game, even though he had those huge that like <laughs> stretch of 50 seconds that was just abominable. I he had a rough like, first half. Like, you that know game. what? Jalen Jalen brought the right in the right mindset, the right approach to this. And if he does that for the whole season, then that will work out perfectly. I think like it's, it's interesting just to go from 11 uh, shots in that first game to 22 in the second game. The thing – he had those – my memory of the Knicks games is that he had just had a lot more turnovers than those just those two, but I was just looking back. Like, he still had four uh, in the Miami series, and there's – to be a negative Nancy, there's still something going on with his handles uh, where it feels like he just gives up the ball too easily. Um that being said, I think he had some nice – he's just gotten way better at finishing in the paint 
Uh, I think that was like one of the major things he got better at last year. And he showed that in the Miami series, especially finishing with his left. And so I think it's going to be very interesting uh, to see just how teams play the Celtics, because I think the Knicks put gave Tatum so much attention that they let Chris Tapps kind of beat them. And then Chris Tapps was kind of the obvious guy. The Heat did a little bit more switching and it became kind of one more one-on-one basketball where I think, frankly, Jalen's important just as a guy who can go get a tough bucket, a guy who can get you that tough, like two, a floater, a leaner, uh, or finishing in the lane it, with his left. He does have a left hand. Um, I also think it was super badass for him to take that three at the end of the game, just to seal it when he, he didn't have to, he could have just ran the clock out, but taking the wide open three and draining it to seal the game was a cool move by J, uh, Jalen. It was yeah. a great game. It was a great finish by him in that one. Like that second half, Derek White got all the accolades, but Jalen was like, made a ton of huge shots and that one being the biggest, obviously. I'm going to go with the last pick in the draft is offensive rebounding. Joe Mazzulla is focused on offensive rebounding. They are through two games, just 15th in offensive rebound rate. Like that doesn't look great on the surface, but they were so bad last year at that. And you can just tell from top to bottom on the roster that everyone is tracking down offensive rebounds more than they did last season. O'Shea Brissett came into the second game, totally changed the game around by being an offensive rebounder. Jason Tatum has been physical on the offensive glass a couple times. Derek White had a play where he just really, like, boxed out from behind. I, I don't know how, how you could <laughs> really describe that. Um, and well, just, How else would you box out? You can't. He boxed out from in front. Usually you're, you're in between. Um, and then – Al Horford has hit the glass. Like guys who typically haven't been great offensive rebounders in the past are are making a conscientious effort to do it now. And you can just tell that Joe Mazzulla has emphasized that from day one. He knew that they were really bad at that last year. He knew that they needed to find more ways to win other than three point shooting. He knew that with Robert Williams gone, like somebody needed to get them second chance points. And I just think that that's going to make a difference. Um, and Brissett, like, that's a new pickup per- personnel. And he he's going to make a difference there when he plays. He won't always play. But I just think it's the mindset that, that Missoula has put into the guys to go get second-chance points. And you can just tell, like, there's a totally different focus there than there was last season. Without a doubt. I mean, and – Brissett, I know it's just one game, and he had a probably a relatively forgettable preseason overall. I mean, just preseason, but he definitely didn't stick out out of that, you know, 9 through 15 pack, if you will. But just looking at him, like, the team needs a guy like that, I think, off the bench from a – if you want to be an offensive rebound, you need a guy like that to get after it. And no, not against Luke Cornette, but from an, just a bounce perspective, from an energy perspective, from a defensive versatility perspective, Brissett gives him a lot there and also – to Jay's point, just buys into the, you know, feeds into the offensive rebounding that they want there. So I'm curious to see, you know, I'd expected to see him on Monday night for sure, but I wonder if he can kind of carve himself out of like a regular role as the, the ninth guy here going forward, if he can kind of build on what he did on Friday night. Do you think they're more willing to crash the glass and kind of maybe give up more in transition because they have Derek White, who's so good at chase down blocks? Do you think that's <laughs> right. at all? Just saying it up. That yes, that's what it's all about. Because that would make sense to me. You got Derek White, you got Drew Holiday. Like, let's 
send some guys forward because we have these guys moving back. We haven't seen them get like burned in transition too much. I don't think transition's really been it's been an issue in, in in the past in games where you think like, oh, they're not really like locked in. And I guess that's uh, true always, but um, we haven't seen them kind of be punished for sending anyone forward. It's actually generated a lot more possessions for them. Um, I got an honorable mention. If you guys some honorable mentions, um, let's hear it. Joe Missoula throwing some curveballs out there just in like the end of quarters. He'll randomly just go to a, an aggressive zone or sometimes we're just uh, the full, like the three quarter zone, two, two, one zone. Or sometimes it's just Chris Tapps jumping out on trying to I like trap on a pick and roll. I just like the defensive changes, especially at the end of quarters where it's kind of chaos. And he's just uh, trying to create, uh, you know, show up a, a different look and just make it teams not comfortable. He said he was going to do it. Um, but I just something I've noticed in the first two games is like they're just they're trying to different stuff uh, just to throw in there on defense, which I just think is like one, just exciting to watch. But um, I think it's just like a way to like, you know, maybe you steal the final minute of a quarter here or there. Uh, and it's just cool that they're like working on that and putting that in the bag. I agree. Um, I got an honor mention. Are people talking about Drew Holiday enough? No one picked him here in the six pack. Flying under the yeah, radar. we didn't. We didn't even discuss Drew Holiday. We didn't even discuss Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, pretty good, pretty good. Not, <laughs> good not a great, <laughs> good basketball player. Good fourth option. Uh, kind of got sneaky close to a triple double on uh, Friday night against the Heat. Nineteen points, ten rebounds, seven assists there, and a couple nice little mid-range jumpers, um, along with another great block we already talked about there. But yeah, I just think, you know, the you, it didn't take long to see why you push your chips in on a guy like this in terms of fit, especially next to Derek white here. It's just like you look to see the chemistry build between those guys, but um, so far so good on that front. And I think the other part of drew holiday that probably sometimes goes unspoken is that he just doesn't care about scoring. He doesn't care about like, you can tell he just came into to this, like, what can I do to help the team? Oh, you, you want me to guard Julius Randall, even though I'm a point guard sweet, like, I would love to do that. You you want me to score nine points in my debut? Like, that's cool, too. I don't need to take a lot of shots. And so I think just his ability to kind of fill in the cracks where they need it is is huge. And and when you have so much talent around you, and he was an all-star last year. Like, he, he's a super talented guy, too. But I, I think his ability to to come into this new situation and, and not necessarily need the ball at the time, not, not – be the guy running a ton of pick and roll like last year i think he was 19th in pick and roll possessions used including passes and like he was up there with like some s- superstars and and this year he's not going to be close to that and and i don't think he'll care which is just a huge thing for the celtics and part of the reason why they were so adamant about going going to get him was because they knew whatever they need him to do. He's just going to want to do that and help win it. Do you have an honorable mention, Jay, to make it a potable nine pack? Because uh, we can talk about Sam Hauser's absurd shot against the Knicks on uh, opening night. Uh, just one of the worst shots taken. Still burned into my brain. I don't know why. I don't think it deserves <laughs> to even be an honorable mention, but I was just trying to think back about what happened uh, 
Tatum's Tatum error deserves to be honorable mention. That that was the real absurd shot. He was so wide open and just took his time and wasn't even close. Surprise! Hey. Open this will be all year. I preferred that one than than Hauser's. Sorry. Sorry, I'm just you know just trying to hold everyone accountable here. Hauser's main job <laughs> is to shoot, and he did it uh, very poorly. Uh, any other things to mention? Any, like, should we do a, a look ahead to the week? I don't even know how how we would do that. We're playing the Wizards, the Pacers, and then the, the Nets. Chris Stops revenge game against yeah. the Wizards. The Danilo well, Gallinari revenge game. The revenge game here too. Come on. How many points does Jordan Poole? No, no, we don't know how many points because it could be fifty. It could be ten. How many attempts does Jordan Poole have? Is it over, under? I'm going to set the line at 24 and a half. I mean, Derek White or Drew Holiday is guarding attempt. him, right? So, Field under attempts. Yeah. That's that's a lot of attempts. I'm going way under that. 19? Let's see what he's got <laughs> through two games here. He is attempting 20.5 through two games. So, I think that's a good number. And one of those games, they got blown out so he didn't even play like the fourth quarter he's got the most chance yeah i think the pace is going to be high their defense is quite bad that you might see the Celtics score 150 points tomorrow this could be a mismatch should this be a mismatch. could be a mismatch does denny advia get at all visibly upset at what jordan Poole does on monday <laughs> that'd be uh, the denny advia versus jordan Poole feud so far is just a beautiful thing in the making I love that they signed him to an extension like right after that blow up too in terms of like where the team's like <laughs> maybe stands on that front even though I mean pool pool signed long term too obviously so but yeah that'll be that dynamic all year that's long the, that's the core right that is the core that is who, who they got locked up right now so it's uh that'll be that'll be fun to watch probably maybe the only reason to really watch this team on a I don't night to night or week to week basis before we go, has there been any other stuff in the NBA that you guys have been watching that has caught your eye? Anything that you think you you have a podcast platform now to talk about it? Chet is cool. He is cool, and he's a good poster. Just like he got some good tweets out there, just asking for the right amount of blocks. Um, he's got a kind of weird facial hair, and I like just how kind of angry he seems when he plays. Uh. That's all. I, Bucks, got. I just, I Bucks just got smoked at home that, tonight. That Chet is Chet is cool. The Bucks yeah. did get smoked at home tonight. It's funny that you should mention one. that. And Damian Lillard, after scoring so many points in the opener, I think he only had three in the first half. Uh, did not work out well for them. Um, I also some of the the resting stuff is getting embarrassing. Already, like second, third game of the season, guys. Guys, Jimmy Butler missed, I believe, the third game of the season. Um, Joel Embiid was like – he ended up playing but was initially expected to miss the home opener for – like, it's embarrassing. And the NBA has gone out of its way to try to stop that, and it's just not getting any better. Yeah, but it's starting in the first week. I mean – I don't know if you even throw the Suns in that category of Booker and Beal. I mean, Beal's... Yeah, I think they're actually hurt. hurt so I, I yeah, 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 it's, it's tough to go with yeah. that. But I agree. It's like, yeah, Embiid, especially our home opener, like you said, like, like what are we what are we doing here? But that's, again, this is what 
the, the NBA is going to have to up those fines or do something else here if they want to uh, figure it out. But this is it's here to stay for at least some of these teams. Speaking of the Sixers, I also have to shout out them just leaving James Harden on the tarmac. Uh, <laughs> that's just like imagining him there with his rolly bag and just being like, nah, man, you can't get on the plane. That was a funny image. Um, and just some, you know, some good old fashioned Sixers schadenfreude here. Um, if there's not any other all wide league wide observations or honorable mentions, I think that's going to do it for us folks. If you've enjoyed the pod, check us out the rest of the week. This is the Monday free pod, but we have four more podcasts, uh, on the Patreon, patreon.com slash still potable. Subscribe today, become a kid, a god, or the legend, and join the ever-growing still potable community. We got a chat on there that is always popping off during the games. So if you want to join and kind of talk Celtics with us, get some little behind-the-scenes looks, or get your mailbag questions or things like that referenced on the podcast coming up this week, please subscribe and join the still potable family. That's the end of the podcast. I got nothing, folks.